everyone, this is Faith with the Fangirl Boss. And I'm back talking about the K-drama Bride of the Water God. So it's been a little while since I've checked in with this drama. I believe the last time I talked about the drama was episode 4, and we're now at episode 10. And I can say that the drama has definitely improved with each episode becoming more and more interesting. I think primarily a lot of that has to do with there's a lot more world building now. And that's honestly what I want because I really love fairy tales, fantasy stories, and the more you can create a world and show us the rules and the, and the characters and everything that makes up this world, the more interesting it really can become. For one thing, I didn't realize how many gods were living in the mortal realm. Most of these are minor gods who are employed by Mora and Biram because basically they're afraid of the more powerful gods. But, but And that's another reason why they're actually living in the mortal realm is they've kind of wanted to escape the rule of the major gods. But yeah, they basically can't escape that. Also, I just find little things fascinating like they have to keep the gate open because to close it, the mortal realm would disappear. And no humans, of course, are allowed in the realm of the gods. There's also the question that's going on. Why are the godstones kept in the mortal realm? A question that was posed to Habek, which he's trying to figure out. We also find out that Habek's powers are tied to needing to save Soa. Which was kind of a funny moment in episode 5 when he basically crashes the car to save Soa to see if his powers will work. Which they do and leads into an obvious argument when Soa figures out that he endangered her life just to figure out if his powers will work to save her. Probably not the best plan. I think the last two episodes were definitely the best episodes of the series so far in which we really got a lot of answers and a lot more questions. I mean, we still have stuff we still need answered, but just a lot more that we found out than earlier on. And one of the biggest revelations was finding out that CEO Shin is a half-god. I can't help liking the CEO. I mean, who couldn't like him? They basically have set it up to make us feel for him. He's He comes off as very compassionate. He spends his time gardening trees and apparently the only person we see him letting visit his garden is a little girl who's blind. Not quite sure what her connection is to him yet. Except maybe to make us feel like he's just the nicest person possible. <laughs> And then they had to lay it on us that he's a halfling or a half-god, which everyone, all the major gods, completely despise. That is really tragic. I mean, the fact that he has no control over the fact how he was born, doesn't anyone think about this? And yet, all the other major gods, Mura, Biram, and of course Habek, are totally wary of him and... And basically treat him like a potential danger. And Biram treats him like he is a danger. I'm really not 
understanding why Biram is so antagonistic towards Shin, what he hopes to gain from this, or why, what is his motivation? I don't mind not knowing. I'm just intrigued to know why he dislikes him this much because he's basically pushing him to the dark side. I mean, I feel like CEO Shin is like Anakin Skywalker right now, and if Vroom keeps pushing him, he's just gonna fall over the edge and become Darth Vader. And because he's a half god, he has the power to destroy, unlike the gods who only give life. At least the gods are not allowed to harm humans. And I don't know that they really have the power to harm each other, or at least they're not supposed to. I definitely think there's some connection to the past that is making Beerum act like this. Perhaps a connection with Mura. I was a bit surprised when Mura turned out to be the most rational I mean, maybe that's because she's a goddess <laughs> and, you know, smarter than the gods. She's definitely Biram's only moral compass, and that's kind of sad because she doesn't necessarily have a huge moral compass herself. But she's literally the only thing keeping him in check most of the time. And it's so obvious their feelings for each other, which is hilarious. They're so close. They basically do everything together, and they're very playfully antagonistic towards each other and you can just tell that Biram is head over heels for Mura and I think Mura's obviously uh, in love with Biram. She's always worrying about his actions and trying to get him to walk on the straight and narrow and you know who else does that except a girl who's interested. I think she's just confused because she still thinks she likes Habeck or Maybe she's just interested in Habeck because, you know, he's the main god. I'm really hoping that soon we'll get a flashback into what happened in Habeck's past that they've been hinting at a lot now. This isn't the first human he's fell in love with. There seems to be some sort of, you know, dark tragedy that he can't seem to let go. I have to admit, I really love the whole star-crossed romance going on between Habeck and Soa. It's this romance that is so much unsaid because they're really terrified of saying anything to someone who isn't going to stick around. And I like that it feels like a legitimate reason, like he belongs in the realm of the gods and it's not for humans to live there and she belongs in the mortal realm. So it's more than just, you know, some lame reason why they can't be together, but something bigger than what they probably think that they can overcome. So just watching them, you know, want to say how they feel, and obviously feeling those feelings, I mean, it's clearly on their faces at all times, but they never verbalize it. Until the end of episode 9 and into episode 10. They start talking about not wanting to fall in love because they're not going to be able to be together. This also ties in with Habeck's past where something happened when he fell in love with a human. Something horrible and tragic. Will they be able to defy fate this time? <laughs> 
there's still a lot the show could do better. I think uh, a stronger pacing and a lot more world building would do wonders, especially if they had done that earlier in the drama. But for some reason, I just still love this drama. I think it's really that fairy tale atmosphere that just makes it and really enjoyable to watch. Also, the ending of episode 10 was like soap opera candy. I mean, it's those awesomely hilarious scenarios of misunderstandings where the CEO grabs Soa's arm after waking up from a nightmare. And, of course, Havik walks right into the room and it looks really bad. And, of course, there's probably going to be some emotional showdown. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and what goes beyond that. Because the previews for episode 11 made me pretty excited. Alright, be sure to let me know your thoughts on The Bride of the Water God. And I'll talk to you next time.